Hey guys, it's me, Alex, and tonight I have on the show Mr. Sean McGann, return guest and overall lovely man. You can find him on Twitter, at Bleak07. You can also find him on Tumblr.com slash ThingsComingDown, and if you go to TheVinylDistrict.com, uh, look for the Asbury Park link, and that is where Sean writes stuff. And those things that he writes, they're lovely, and we agree with every point he makes, especially the part about Kiss sucking dick. Because Kiss Blows. You heard me. Kiss Blows. Sorry, but it's true. This episode of the Outcast is brought to you by The Standard. That is a bar in Portland, Oregon. The thing about this bar that you must know is that it's lovely and that we love it. Go there on Sunday nights. There's $2 microbrews. Actually, it's the entire day. And they're really good microbrews. It's not like some bullshit that you're like, oh yeah, microbrews. Probably some fucking shitty Sam Adams with a ham's hat on. No. It's actual, delightful, locally sourced, 100% organic those last things I said were I, they're probably not true, or they might be true. I have no fucking idea. I was just saying shit that sounded nice. But they are like some of the top quality beers for two bucks. Wonderful. Uh, Wednesday nights, you can get uh, hams for a dollar. It's like you get a pint of fucking beer for a dollar. And it's not in like a red solo cup. And the people there are much better than the types that you would expect to drink dollar hams. There's other specials. Like every night of the week, there's one. That's how good that place is. I just, you know, I don't know the other ones because, well, let's face it. I don't do a lot of research for this. I'm just here to tell you, it's a great bar. If you want to go to this great bar, you can go to 19, where the fuck did I pull in? 14 Northeast 22nd in uh, beautiful, beautiful Northeast Portland, Oregon. I know where I got 19 from because it was 14, 14 Northeast, 14, nine, nine, yeah, so 14 Northeast 22nd in Portland. Check it out. Uh, I am there rather often, so if you like the show and you live in the Portland area, you can stop by and maybe see me or you can tell the bartender, be like, hey, I'm here because Alex said this is a good bar. And the bartender will be like, yeah, it's good. Would you like a drink? Because, you know, they probably know who I am, but I don't know if they really want to chit-chat. You should probably tell them that, you know, that you showed up because of me. The other thing is you can go to facebook.com slash the standard PDX. The standard PDX. PDX is the kind of a little code word for our city. We're, we're hip like that. So, yeah, that's the standard. Please go. Tell them. Say the Alex cast sent you. You know, get a nice little drink. Stare at a window. Love yourself. Anyway, I have some sort of other stuff to tell you. Please go to alexcast.com. That's where you can find everything about me. Uh, I'm not going to belabor the point. I wrote a book. In fact, I wrote two books. So click the books tab. That's where you can find them. Click the Amazon tab. Before you buy stuff on Amazon, I get a small percentage. You don't pay anything. Not a red goddamn cent extra. So how fucking good is that? And yeah, so go to alexcast.com, click everything, love everything, leave me a review on Amazon, leave me a review on iTunes, alexcast on iTunes, um, periphery on Amazon, yeah, that's that kind of stuff. And one more thing, don't leave yet, I swear this is going to be quick. Uh, very good friend of mine, Ray Taylor, he is an artist par excellence, he also does the Inspired Disorder podcast. You might know the Inspired Disorder Collective, which I am part of. Uh, he is a lovely man and a great artist, so I would like you guys to go to his store on the internet. If you go to etsy.com slash shop slash inspired disorder, uh, that is that. You can get prints of his shirts, of, like, I don't know, napkins, uh, like a beer koozie probably, maybe a skateboard. Um, there's actual, like, real-life art that you can buy from him. Um, like originals and shit like i mean it's really good art like it's not just like me fucking around it's actually quite good so you should go check it out uh, and support ray if you want because that's awesome if you do want to go and buy something you're like wow i'm very impressed by this like this is a fucking beautiful 
weird stained wood with a picture of a thing. And it's really cool. You should look at it. I swear. I'll put a link on alexcast.com under the episode. But go. And if you want to buy something, just type in Alex uh, when you're checking out. That is the the uh, code word or whatever the fuck you call it that gives you, it'll get you 10% off of your purchase. That's pretty cool, right? At least I think it gives you 10% off. I'll be honest. I didn't really read all the instructions. I, I just like Ray and I wanted people to buy his shit. And I know that the code word is Alex. So it's either, it's either you get 10% off or I get 10%. I'm pretty sure you get a discount though. Like I'm reasonably, Oh, if you don't get a discount, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, if that doesn't give you a discount, I'll give you a book. I'll give you a periphery. Um, you know, if I'm mistaken, this is a one episode only deal. So, you know, dig on that daddy. Yeah. Dig on that daddy. Cause I live in the goddamn fucking whatever age that people lived in that they said things like that. There was never an age like that. Cool. I love you all. And I want you to listen to this episode of the Alex cast. It's lovely. So please enjoy. your show but can i ask you a question that's sort of on topic sure Have you watched uh cosmos the new cosmos uh jerry's neighbor the, no no the, uh, the one that he runs through the door all the time and he's like ah, oh, there's something wrong <laughs> yeah it was a classic tv show yeah with uh with yeah the neighbors and the no yeah. the neil degrasse tyson uh, mandalay industries no i haven't watched know what i'm talking about i would of, think of course i know what you're talking about breaking um my stones over here. i am breaking some stones I, yeah, I have, I, I haven't, I've watched the original one. I haven't watched it. No, I've seen the original obviously with Carl Sagan, but, uh, right. no, I, I'll get around to it. It's just one of the, I just haven't gotten to it yet. It's, um, everybody's talking about it and I just, that makes me really, I, I just don't, I, I'm so against belonging to things that when I knew that everybody was watching it that first night, I was like, eh, I don't really want to. Cause like, and then I'll fucking talk to people about it the next day and I'll, ugh. Like I just I'm so against group fucking mentality yeah, that I like. I, uh, I, I didn't watch. I watched the replay because I was trying to solve True Detective on HBO when it was on. So I watched the replay and uh, it was good. And I haven't watched it since. I don't know why. I I guess I kind of forgot it was on again. But um, I heard it's bombing anyway. Yeah, I did hear that. But somebody told me that it's on multiple like channels at the same time. Yeah, I think it's on like. Nat Geo or something. Well, it's on Nat Geo, and I think it's on another channel as well. I think there's, it's like there, there's something about like it's split up into different channels when it premiered. Yeah. So I, yeah, I remember it was over a couple different networks. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I think something about the way that the premiere went was. I think the bomb was actually more based on because they were looking at, you know, That's if it was on Nat Geo, they just took their ratings instead of. Uh... It was. I mean, I didn't really. I mean, this is just what I heard. I don't. I'm not. I didn't do any research into it because. I mean, I, I just don't care that much, but... Well, I kind of yeah. sprung it on you, yeah. Well, no, I mean, I wouldn't, even if you said, hey, Alex, we're going to talk about the ratings to Cosmo... I'm not doing it. I mean, it's just... I'd be like, oh, that's cool if you tell me about it later. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm not putting any effort into this fucking show. I'll just make it up. <laughs> um, the, um, 
you know, at the end of the season, I, I'm sure I'm going to binge watch it in a, you know, two day span, just watch all of it. I kind of feel like I want to do that with most shows. It was actually interesting. The, uh, that True Detective show that just went off on HBO. I think that was one of the few shows that kind of benefited by not binge watching it because um, people had these like crazy ass theories about everything that happened in it, like every little yeah. detail. And all of it wound up being like nothing. You know what I mean? Like it just wound up, not all of it, but most of it. You know what I mean? It was pretty like people looking way too far into shit. Yeah. And, I mean, I know, and I think, I, you know, if you're binge watching it, I think you would just be like, all right, well, fuck it. Like, you know, let's just see who the killer is. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, who the fuck is calling me? At... You have a house phone? Wow, that's fucked up. Who is it? There's a mason calling me. Not a mason. <laughs> Sorry. What? I've never gotten a call this late. What degree mason? Uh, No, it's a... <laughs> Shh, I can't talk about it. Like an actual guy who lays concrete and stuff. Uh, Are you getting concrete laid? Yeah, in the back they're building an extension on the house. Oh, really? Yeah, it just seems like an odd time to call it. Yeah, it's 11. it's eleven fucking something in the in the evening. Yeah, I should have picked it up and yelled at him on on the show. Yeah, well, you know, just in case they actually are Freemason, you don't want to. That's true. Yeah, don't um, end up in bags. Yeah, the, the I don't know. Okay, sorry not, about that. No, no, I. I was just, I was biting my tongue because I was going to say, I think watching uh, True Detective, if you watch it on repeat, would be good in a binge watch because, you know, it's it's like a flat circle time. Did you watch it? Yeah, I did. I, I didn't know if you watched it. I, I did. You didn't watch it. I watched it and I loved it. And I um, I thought the ending, was, uh, if anybody hasn't seen True Detective out there in the audience, I'm, I give spoilers. So sorry if you haven't finished the show yet. I'm making no attempts to not give away the ending. <laughs> Um, and, and I, I mean, you, you probably, you probably thought this way too, a little bit, but like, or maybe you didn't know about it, but the guy that wrote it is, right. uh, he's, he, this is the first time directing. He's a novelist. Yeah. I saw, I read about that. Yeah. And that was the thing. That was the only clue I looked into. And I realized I figured that show out well early, not, not who was the yellow King, but I figured out that, oh, this isn't, uh, this show isn't who is the yellow King. This is, this is a, this is a novel. Yeah. When if you think about it as a novel, it's not a mystery novel. It's it's a two detectives. Yeah, it was kind of just about the characters. Yeah, it's just a character piece. Yeah. Yeah. So when I realized that, even though I did, I ended up going back and reading the the Yellow King short story or whatever. But yeah, hey, you and like a lot of people apparently that shit was like number one on well, three different lists. I people were going back and reading. I did it kind of like backwards. There is the only reason I read it was not to try to get clues as to who the Yellow King is or anything beyond that. It's that they referred to it as like a, a, a this this um, rediscovered author. Right. I'd never heard of this dude before. I'd never heard of the short story. He was a blank fucking slate to me. And I mean, like I I write books. I I have a degree in English. I've never heard of this fucking dude before. And I was like, this is awkward for me. Like, how is it that my idiot friends that don't read are now telling me about this book? So I was like, I have to read some of this because I'm I'm. I've been outed, I've been bested at my own game. Well, you know, that's funny. You mentioned that because I, um, I just went to go see, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. And that was based on, I mean, I don't think he, like, lifted any one part from it, but, uh, uh, Stefan Zwig, I think is the guy's name is. And I had never heard of him. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've heard of him either. And apparently he wrote a bunch of novels, like, right in between, you know, like, right in, like, between World War One, and World War Two, 
and he uh, he based it. I don't know if it was necessarily the characters or the story, but part you know, like a little bit of this and that. Yeah. On all this, on this guy, this guy had like a ton of books out between them. I'm like, shit, I should go back and because I've never, you know, I mean, that's like what you say. It's like you never hear this stuff. You think it would have come up at some point in your life before uh, Wes Anderson doing a movie or HBO putting out a TV show. You know, you think it would have came up at some point. But. Yeah, the, I'm a little less surprised with Wes Anderson because his. I love Wes Anderson. He's he might be my favorite director. He's. Right. I'm pretty sure he's my favorite director alive. Um, no, that's not true. I probably like the Coen Brothers better. Either way, he's very good. Um, but he seems like the type of guy that would really like, you know, gravity's rainbow and all those like kind of pretentious books that kind of blow, but everybody says they're good and talk themselves into liking. Right. Uh, like, is that gravity's rainbow is pinching. What's that shitty one of that dude that just killed himself? Foster Wallace. Oh, uh, I don't know the name of it, but I know who you're talking about. I didn't. Yeah, I tried to read that, and it was just pretentious. I heard he died. I didn't know he killed himself. Yeah, I th- yeah maybe he just died. I don't know. He was <laughs> well, That book fucking sucked. And if he did, I just I didn't even know. Yeah, he was just a... Ugh, what a fucking... It wasn't, like, bad. It was just so pretentious and just... Ugh. It, it's, it's everything I hate about literature. And right. Wes Anderson reminds me of the type of guy that would probably really love that book and say it changed his life. So... The fact that he's he's basing his 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 movies on something I haven't heard of is yeah yeah I'm Less cool with that yeah that's all right but the the dude that wrote the Yellow King or whatever um apparently he was uh the like he influenced H P Lovecraft I know shit yeah like apparently the Yellow King and some of the um the towns like uh what's that town that they were going to like in um in True Detective no remember like the Yellow King is like you've now come to Gethsemane or whatever like that oh yeah yeah like was, yeah that town uh is in um is in true Detec- is in uh the the yellow king story or whatever but uh apparently that shows up in Lovecraft later like Lovecraft makes all these allusions to it so the fact that I liked Lovecraft in high school and Lovecraft is so popular it just it was just all this more evidence of like how the fuck do I don't I know this guy like this is this is actually weird at this point now it is a mystery how the fuck have I never heard of this dude before and uh, it turns out because it's kind of boring and not really worth reading. Really? <laughs> it's fine. It's just one of those things where it w- it's it's kind of, I mean, it's great, but right. it's it's great in the way that, like, it's it's just the first of something and it's been done thousands of times later and better. Like, pulp, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's like pre the Twilight Zone as a TV show, this book would probably be, like, some of the stories would be really cool, but it's nothing special anymore. So it's reading it out of context. Like it's one of those, Oh, I respect what you did for literature. One of those things where it's, yes, this is good, but it's not what, what I would call enjoyable. You know, that's funny. I, I I know what you mean. I, uh, I, I thought about picking it up and I'm like, you know what? It's going to be like one of those things where I buy it. Once the show's over, I probably won't get around to reading it forever. And then I'll, just not give a shit about it, or I'll start it and I'll never finish it. So, well, it was it was it's free on uh, Project Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg, has uh, a project? he he might he, he might be a part project of it. Gutenberg. Yeah, are you familiar with that at all? No. It's a old school internet, and I'm a big fan of it. I mean, it still exists now, but the the idea is digitizing um uh public domain books, and oh, um, awesome. they're I couldn't even tell you how many, just hundreds of thousands, probably millions, maybe books, and. Uh, yeah, it's on there for free because it's so old, but they've got everything on there. It's really cool. Like, if you ever want to read, like, any religious shit or, you know, just 
like, oh, I've yeah. never read the Mahabharata. Boom, it's there, you know, and it's in all sorts of different formats and shit. And they have uh, audiobooks too. That's that's really good to know, actually. Yeah, I'm I, I'm a big fan. I've been doing like impulse buys lately on books because I haven't read anything that really uh, blew my hair back lately. So it was uh, I read a really terrible Johnny Carson book. Because I was going through, like, I, I don't know why, I just felt like, I, I bet there was, like, some cool... Oh, wait, who story. wrote that one? Uh, Henry Bushkin. Is that, was he on Ron and Feds? Maybe. Or O&A or something? I, 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 Actually, that's going to piss me off if I missed it. I, I feel like either, you notice, no, I don't even think it was, I think maybe Jimmy or somebody on one of the shows read that and then started talking about it incessantly. Really? And it might, honestly, it might not even be fucking O&A. I listen to so many podcasts now that essentially are, you know, in the O&A... In the ONA clone variety, not clone, but like right. in that tone that I kind of get mixed up. But I, I think maybe Jimmy did. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like I heard about that he one. I kind of really hated it. It was short, at least, but um, the guy was very like quick to. I don't know. You know, he was like in awe of him, but then he's like, "Well, and I guess I was kind of following his lead, and I was banging other chicks on my wife." And oh wait, wait, wait. this was ONA. Was he his lawyer or his accountant yeah, or something? His, uh, yeah, this guy's lawyer that he became his manager. Yeah, they talked about this in ONA. I forget if he was actually on or not, but yeah, they discussed this heavily on that show. Ah, uh, son of a bitch. I haven't been listening to them the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh, people at home were talking about Opie and Anthony when we say ONA, by the way. Yeah. Well, they're national. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, this phone call is national. I just meant, you know, it's not one of those. Yeah. yeah it's not uh, one of those, uh, instantaneous recognition things. You know, you don't have to explain who Howard is, you know. Of course yeah, we mean. True. Of course we mean Howard Zinn. I'm yeah. actually, yeah, he has a great radio show. Yeah, I've been trying to. Uh, I haven't done it yet, but I was going to email Ron from Ron Fez to try to get him to do an interview for uh, that Vinyl District site. That was like going to be my next like little attempt at a project because he was talking. He's been talking about music a lot lately. Yeah. And I figure, well, he was in the radio industry, and maybe he has some insights on. Because I can't think anything else to write for that site. Sometimes, and I don't want to keep going to shows and writing about like, you know, the lights went down and the crowd was really excited, and you know, Dave and the Hendrix guitar playing was magical that night. And, yeah, I love I, I love Dave and the Hendrix guitar playing. They were, I, they were, I was trying to think of a band name, and I was called. <laughs> they're my uh, they're my favorite jazz trio. Dave and the Hendrix guitar playing. Uh, yeah, that'd be a good idea. You should email him. Uh, yeah. let me, let me tell you a story, Mr. Sean Thanks. again. And by telling you, I'm going to tell the audience cause that's the way this works. <laughs> so, um, as you well know, I put out a book called the void sutras a while ago. I did. Yeah. So I put that book out and one of the kind of, uh, artistic, um, inspirations was Ron and Fizz. Just, I don't know, just the way Ron is like kind of tough street kid turned right. good kind of, you know, uh street philosopher in his later life. Right. Something about him really spoke to me, really kind of spurned me to start, you know, producing some stuff. So after Voyager just came out, I I was like, oh, you know what? I would like to, I would like to send this to Ron and just, you know, with a little note, like, dude, you know, thanks so much. You know, it's, you're an inspiration, you know, so this book wouldn't exist, blah, blah, blah. Just trying to be, you know, tip of the hat, be nice. So right. I did that. I wrote to uh, Ron and Fez at com. He forwarded it to Hicks. Hicks gave me the address and whatnot, and I sent it to him. So that was like three years ago. Right. This girl that I talked to um, that listens to my show right. uh, was uh, into uh, the books there, uh, you know, while it was interesting getting periphery in the uh, the Void Sutures. And uh, she goes, oh, hey, my copy of uh, the Void Sutures arrived today. Who the hell's Ron? 
in the first page is an inscription, Ron, thanks so much for all the entertainment. Sincerely, Alex, with my signature. Right. So she had somehow bought a used copy, and it was the one I sent to Ron. Oh my which God. was, one, a little disappointing, and two, that's fucking weird. How does that happen? Because who the, who the fuck is selling books from Ron and Fez? I mean, I'm guessing Hicks just sells shit that gets sent to them so he can afford drugs. But it's pretty... <laughs> how weird is that? I guess that's better than them throwing it away. That means somebody else bought it secondhand store yeah i just i i was kind of uh, uh dumbfounded by that because she's who is ron and i had this moment of panic going oh fuck i sent her the wrong book right but then it went wait a second she bought that off of amazon that's i didn't send that book who the fuck's ron but she she sent me a, she, you know she texted me a picture of the book i was like oh that's just that's the weirdest thing ever holy shit that's yeah. really weird that's funny yeah maybe i won't ask him that now, now i'm gonna like See, because I figured I I had gone up, you know, like when they were at NEW, I probably told this story. So I should have, like, we did the Capo thing, went up there, and you know, and then they used to go to Bar Nine all the time during the week. So I felt like I wasn't tremendously intimidated by it, but uh, I don't know. That kind of sours it a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a million ways to to explain. That. I mean, the fact is, Ron did write me back. Like, I had an email from my email box from Ron Bennington. So. Oh, that's cool. I mean, he, he wrote me back saying, uh, Chris will take care of it, right, Chris? And then he, I saw that he also responded to Hicks. So it wasn't exactly like a personal uh, thing. Actually, I think he may have said thanks. But either way, yeah. the point is, I was looking at an email back from Ron. So in the fanboyish way that I know I yeah, look up towards the man, it is still kind of like, ooh, Ron wrote me back. That's fun, you know? That's like I have my Mark Marin email. I think after uh, he interviewed Gallagher. I don't know if you ever heard that episode. Yeah, I did. Where, yeah. Yeah. I wrote, I wrote, I was like drunk and I wrote some emails. I'm like, well, you were totally right, Marin, man. Gallagher was fucking being an asshole. And, you know, he just sounds like he's bitter about not getting any success that Letterman or Leno had. It's like, who the hell would ever think, you know, a guy who smacked, you know, I don't I just was just some kind of like, and he wrote back, thanks, man. Uh, and that was it. I'm like, oh, man, I got a Mark Marin email in my inbox. Yeah, that's fine. Like started on Gmail. Yeah, it was, it was nothing. It was a little fanboy moment. No, I, I, I've done the same. I've, You've probably heard the clips. I got fucking John Lovitz to say the name of my show yeah. on that one. And uh, I had uh, Todd Glass do the same. Yeah, Todd, actually, yeah. those are both pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to shit on John Lovitz, but I actually really love John Lovitz from Saturday Night Live in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if you've listened to the whole Smodcast stuff where he kind of uh, completely fucked over Kevin Smith. Um, there's a whole story with that, but... Uh, oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, essentially, they were in... Kevin was in the John Lovitz Theater, uh, which was... Just it was in the shitter, and um, Kevin started bringing the podcast there, and you know, packing the house. You know, it was essentially the only show that was selling tickets at his theater. And then Lovitz did, I, you know, not to not to besmirch the man, but according to Smith, uh, Lovitz essentially stopped paying him, and then tried to like up the price and like give him like a smaller percent. You know, just scumbag yeah. showbiz stuff. And essentially, like it just came to the point that like they had to leave and get a new place. But yeah, apparently uh, Lovitz was being like just a. Uh, a Jew, like just. That <laughs> <laughs> was pretty good. Thank you. As I was saying that, uh, trying to get some kind of Lovitz-like voice out, I, I, I was like, "This is one of those times where I've never done this impression before, and that's never worked." But that was kind of all right. <laughs> I can always do it like the first. I can always do an impression like the first time when I'm not thinking about it, and I think it's going to be terrible. And then I hear it, and I'm like, "Oh, that wasn't bad." And I try to do it again. I can never do it. Yeah, I, I'm definitely not that. I don't. I don't yeah. There was. 
last year at some point there was a couple episodes of the show where where I was doing bad impressions. Uh, and not because I was trying to do bad impressions, just like, I can't do them. So I was just try- I was trying to do like comedian impressions that just were just utter failures. So I was trying to do like a I did like a Louis C.K. impression, which literally like no one did one yet. I no one after I did it had still done one because it sounded nothing. You know, it's just the just the worst fucking thing ever. So uh, no, I have no ability at that. So I was really happy I got. I killed like five minutes of airtime on the radio a couple weeks ago because we we're doing fundraising. And somehow I just started talking like Stallone by accident. Like I, I was trying to do some kind of an impression. It just sounded like Stallone as Rambo or something. And I, I just went with it for five minutes because we had to kill time. That's awesome. Stallone, right? Which is a terrible Stallone impression. Yeah, that's, um, yeah. I, this is one of those <laughs> awkward things because like I, I, I don't like do, okay, do an impression. Dance monkey. Because I really feel awkward right now. That none of us have actually done an impression. We're talking about doing one. So you do a shitty impression. I'll do one back just so we can give the audience what they need. Oh, shit, I can't think of one. I mean, I guess the slow was just kind of like, you know, I see it. I can't hear myself very well. So my my voice is really no. It's gonna be it's gonna be terrible. That's the fun part. Or do one you know you're gonna suck at. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Uh, they're all. I can't think of anyone to do besides slow now. I can't even think of one that I could do like as a goof. Um. Hey, you know my brother Frank. I can't do it now. It's just a Chicago impression. It's actually just a Chicago voice now. It's just, yeah, my brother Frank did the uh, soundtrack for Rocky IV. And, uh, I can't do it because I can't hear it. It sucks. It's actually the worst thing in the world. Well, that's I'm, like, the... I'm mortified with myself right now. Well, that's that's kind of the uh, the fun of it, uh, of of doing the shitty impression, is that... You realize now I'm, I'm hearing myself do a shitty impression on top of seeing myself on camera no more, less than a half an hour ago. So I'm just having like a self-esteem like uh, pitfall here. Well, yeah, but the... <laughs> The, the the fun of it is uh well no there's no fun well you there isn't any fun you do one you just did love it so that was pretty good um I can uh, do uh, oh I can do I can do a, a good Chicago accent see that's what I actually wound up doing I think and I can't I don't know how to do that on purpose go ahead do do a good Chicago accent um where are you going wait hold on I gotta how how does Chicago accent go um uh. Trying to think of a good Chicago guy. Yeah, that's. I I was really hoping to. There's always that guy from The Fugitive that I always think of that was in The Dark Knight that, or like he shot a cop in Chicago, or something. He killed a cop. I can't do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, here I'm going to tell you what I was going to do there, and I realized it was the wrong band. Um, I couldn't remember what band it was that the guy put the hibachi in his apartment and choked to death on the smoke. What? Um, what it's some. It was? it was some '70s band. I thought it might have been Chicago, so I was gonna go. Here's my Chicago accent, and I was gonna start coughing, go <laughs> hibachi. Oh man, a lot of smoky in here, and then die. But I realized I don't think that was Chicago. I think it was like foreigner. Oh, the guy put the grill. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was Boston. Boston. Oh come on, that was pretty close. Yeah, um, good. Okay, what what shitty impression? Uh, oh wait, wait. Chicago is. Um, wait. We got a warrant for Dr. Richard Kimball. Yeah, no, the only one I know is that, like, uh, you know, Chicago, the, 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 get the bratwurst loud coach, coach Ditka goes to the, you know, the thing from Saturday Night Live in the, in the 80s. It's not bad. Yeah, it's just being nasal. I, I feel like that was. I like, am nasal and I can't do it anymore. Right. Maybe that's why it sounds like it. I don't know. Yeah. This is, you should have an impression. Can you get Michael Winslow on the phone very quickly? Or? <laughs> oh, wait, can I? Uh huh, this is Michael Winslow. That's <laughs> my. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the world's first Michael <laughs> Winslow impressionist. <laughs> and the ironic thing is, if Michael Winslow was here, he could have done the impression of you dialing the phone. Oh, that'd be great. 
Oh, you know what? I just realized I did a Sean McGann impression the other night. No, really? last night. Yeah, I was talking to uh, uh, this uh, this this uh, lady friend of mine that uh, we were talking on the phone, and um, she was asking who the guest is on the next one. I'm like, oh, my buddy Sean's coming back on. She's like, oh, who's that? I'm like, he's been on the show a few times, and and she's like, oh, uh, which one's that? I'm like, I don't know. He, he's kind of like, oh, yeah, this is Sean. I don't even say a joke, and then no, the joke's terrible, and uh, the joke's bad. Now I just feel bad about myself. So there's my Sean McGann impression. That's a pretty. That's a pretty solid impression. Yeah, what, what, she actually did get it because she goes, "Oh wait, were you guys talking that about guy. being disappointed in like book stuff and and in trying to market stuff?" I'm like, uh, "I think that's probably him." I have talked about that every show since I put a book out, but I think that's the one you're talking about. Yeah, I think we did a big thing on that. Oh no, that. no, I know we did, but I also yeah. yap about it because it's been a terrific disappointment in my life. I don't know why. I mean, you know, it should be it should be a high point. It should be a good thing. Oh yeah, well. The next one will sell. Here's the thing: is is lately, I'm sure you've seen the the clips, uh, the the links to it or whatever. But uh, I was on uh, the higher side chats, which has like right. that's got like a big audience, and um, like and it, so yeah, that's got a big audience. And then um, I was on like he's got like fifty thousand Twitter followers, which yeah, for like actual famous people, that's not that much, but for us, that's a lot. Um, sure, that's. that's- but then my buddy Martin, he he put a link to uh, my book on uh, an article that went on Mysterious Universe uh, that that uh, Australian paranormal podcast. But like, yeah, I follow him. Yeah, I, see, I think I saw that. Yeah. And that uh, that gets like, I mean, huge amounts of views in a day. Like, I I'm not going to name any numbers, but like ridiculous. Like, wow, that's that's a whole bunch of numbers. And all of this exposure, like in like a short amount of time, pretty much coalesced into like, yeah, sold like eight books. Which, don't get me wrong, I'm happy to sell eight books, but for the, like, literally tens of thousands of people that had access to seeing it, you know, like, that that was, it was introduced to, it, like, the the conversion rate must have been, like, I mean, maybe a tenth of one percent, like, just terrifically low, and, uh, but that actually makes me feel better, Uh, and I think I've said this before, like, the more people see it and the less people buy it, it makes me realize, like, ah, it's got nothing to do with me, it's just... The world doesn't give a fuck about reading. Yeah, I think it's got to do with that to a point. I know I haven't even checked in like two months, to be honest with you, because I haven't plugged it at all. I kind of figured I'd be further along with a couple of things that I am right now. So I figured like once I'm done with the other one, which I've been working on, I mean, it's going to be done hopefully in the summer, uh, then I'll plug both of them. Because yeah. this one's been such a pain in the ass that like I will plug the shit out of it. And wait, wait, the, the one up. Everyone's a Stranger available on Amazon.com? Yes, for four fifty. Yeah, now that's the one you're talking about being a pain in the ass, or the one you're writing. No, the one that I'm finishing now. Yeah, I know. I, I just, I just wanted to make sure I, one of us actually said the name of your book. Yeah, it was a good book. Yeah. Uh, so what's what's the one you're writing now, or do you not want to give any details? Um, it's uh, this is a virus outbreak, and these two schmucks pretty much are the only ones who appear to be immune to it, and they're not really sure why, and. Uh, through a series of events, they end up back. Time, uh, 1982, uh, at a laboratory that's uh, using a motel for a front. It just sounds like a really shitty sitcom from the 80s. No, no, it's it's it sounds fun, but let me tell you my reaction to what you just said right there, Sean. Yeah, so I don't know how to sell you. Oh, I, I, I'm I fun, on my strategy. Look, I try. I know you're, this is this is choirs and, and preachers talking to each other. Um, so when you're saying that. You're describing your book, and I had this panic thing of going, "Oh shit! I think I wrote one of those already." <laughs> and what? I, but of course, I realized it's because I read your book a while ago, right. 
And I completely fucking, I literally had a moment of panic thinking, oh no. Like, it's just, I actually thought, because remember we were working on that thing a little bit about uh, yeah. the post-apocalypse or whatever. Um, I actually had this moment of panic of like, because that's not like not that far from like what we're writing. I mean, it's super far, but like in my moment of like, oh God, did Sean get confused and think what I sent him he wrote? Like, it's, it was just amazing because it was so familiar to me and I know it was related to you. And I was like, oh yeah, that's because you've sent me those pages. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny when you're talking about that because we were writing that and I was dating some girl at the time and we were writing a zombie thing, which I actually just found recently because I was going through some like old folders. I'm like, I wonder if I have any more shorts left that I forgot about. And uh, I found this thing and it was literally like within a six month stretch. It was that. It was this book that I'm working on finishing now. I mean, it's finished. I'm just kind of tightening it up. Yeah. And it, it was the thing that we did with the kind of post-apocalypse thing. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, what? I don't even like watch a lot of stuff. Like, I read a lot of stuff about the apocalypse or zombies or anything like that. It's like, I don't, I don't know why there was that was such a an easy topic, not an easy topic, but such like a, a fertile topic for like six months there, where it's just like, and that, that was the problem when I was trying to come up with stuff when we were doing it, because I'm like, wait a minute, did I just use something like very similar to that in this? Or uh, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So it was, it was. Actually, I would like to revisit that. Well, I was going to talk to you about that. And, well, fuck it. We're talking, we're talking to each other now. Is uh, I was thinking uh, I was going to revisit it right. uh, uh, after, because I'm writing a book now. And right. I started, I, I think I've made reference to it. I was starting to write a comic book. And uh, yeah, yeah. I never found an artist. So I kind of, you know, it just kind of fizzled. So I was right. trying to figure out what. Uh, and then the other book I was working on, I was trying to, I was writing some nonfiction stuff about, you know, dealing with depression, right. which I thought would be good, but it turns out it just made me sad. So I stopped doing it. <laughs> so, uh, I really thought it was going to be like kind of cathartic yeah. and I just realized it's like, no, it's just, it's wasting the time that I feel like writing on being sad. So, uh, when I'm kind of moving more further in the book I'm writing now, I was going to approach you again to see if you want to revisit it. Cause I think it'd be a fun, uh. Uh, yeah. mouthwash yeah. kind of thing of since we're both doing kind of novel length works at the moment of uh, of just writing something of just fucking around. Yeah, no, definitely because once I'm done with this, I got like two things I want that I'm pretty much starting from scratch. I got like two chapters in the next book, but I don't have like a, I don't have anything past that. And and then I got this weird idea that I've been bouncing around with my friend Evan. Uh, it's the singer-songwriter from the 70s, uh, Judy Sill, her name was. She had this like pretty crazy life, but we can't find anything on it. Like, She was a bad drug addict and all this shit, she wound up dying young. But there was like some really like weird stuff in there. And I'm like, we should write a fucking book about her. Or like something close to it, you know, or, like, or, you know kind of based on the line. So I don't know, we were kind of like talking about it. It kind of sounded interesting to me, because it's like nothing, there's nothing out there on it. It yeah. seems like such a weird thing to do. Like something I never even thought about doing. It kind of interested me. So yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. and you could do like research. You could like uh, call people and shit. Which is my favorite thing. Yeah, <laughs> research. Well, I mean, research like you figure out who's alive. No, uh, no I yeah. know absolutely. I mean, it have to. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we'd absolutely have to try to. Because I hate doing, I hate doing research. I can get in trouble for like you know I used to work at a fucking newspaper and a magazine or whatever. So like theoretically, I could be like sued for libel or whatever. So. It's nice to do research where it's like the research is more somebody calls you and you talk to them and it's like, well, this is a fictionalized account, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. No, I'm yeah. sorry. You got it confused with my version of it, which is, you know, Julie Sick or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I can't. Uh, that was I bombed horrible. 
exactly on that. Um, yeah, your your sill is S I L L. Mine is S I L L E. Completely different. Totally different. And she was in the eighties. Yeah, she was um, she was slightly later in the seventies. So come on. <laughs> They wouldn't even have known each other. Yeah, this is, she was long dead before the obviously same person. I mean, completely different person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen, but I, I thought it was something interesting to think about. Because this will be the first time, and I don't know how you, I mean, I, I'm sure you had this with uh, Periphery. Like, when you're done with it, it's like, well, shit, what do I do now? Yeah. Maybe. Or, or maybe it's exciting in that, like, I don't have to go back and read that again. There's definitely an aspect of that, but for, by the time I was done with it, I had already kind of outlined the next book, which ended up, whatever. The, you know, there's right. kind of four books at once going on right now, and there's really only one that I'm working on, but yeah. kind of some variant of all four of those were existent as the kind of final stages of Periphery were, you know, falling into place. So when I was done with it, I didn't have, I didn't get the, uh, you know, oh, what do I do now? I got the, I have to force myself to take a month off. Because now I'm gonna, I'm about to bite into two more years at least, yeah, and uh, that that month off lasted about two weeks, I think. And I yeah, started. Then you get like jumpy about it. Yeah, yeah it's it's weird because I don't. It's not like I'm prolific. Like I certainly don't type as not as much as I should, but I can't go more than like if I go a week, I start getting like really fucking twitchy. Uh, you know, if I go a week without writing, I start getting twitchy, and then like two weeks is I. St- it's like ah, something's wrong with me, and I have to remind myself like. Oh yeah, you need to write, and then you'll feel better. It's like, oh yeah, I should do that. Yeah, I think. Well, I, so I'm glad to have the vinyl district thing because uh, I think I'm like the whole Asbury Park section for the most part. And I don't mean that like, you know, I just mean I don't. There's one other guy who wrote an interview with Nicole Atkins on there, but like the last ten articles before that were me. So um, even if it's just some kind of shitty like, hey, there's a cool show coming up this weekend kind of thing, at least it's like something. It's like I know they, you know, like it, it, it kind of forces me to do something. So like, if I don't have, or it also gives me that. Like, I wrote this giant diatribe about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a couple weeks ago. Oh, the one about Kiss. Yeah, but that was actually like a lot shorter. And then the whole dumb thing happened with uh, Chad Channing was going to get in, and now he's not getting in, and that kind of pissed me off even more. So I got I like, or like another five hundred words in it. Um, so stuff like I'm like glad to have something like that so that um, I don't have to just worry about going back and you know uh, making sure there's not too many commas in something I wrote like a year and a half ago. Yeah, I, outlet, you know. Yeah, well, uh, two things. Without getting too sidetracked on it. Yeah, yeah uh, two quick things. Well, one quick thing, and then the thing I want to follow up on. But um, I um, I, so I'm going back and rereading Periphery now. You know, which actually started this a while ago, a few months ago. Does that drive you nuts? Yeah. Um, I'm going fucking bonkers and that's why I keep putting it down. I mean, I seriously started probably like, um, you know, probably in January. Like I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go through and take notes. So the next book can be better. You know, I can see where it's successful and see where I fucked up. Right. And there's not that much that is like it, it, there's parts that I'm like, God damn it. I'm much better writer than this. And then I was like, yeah, that's because I wrote a book and that's why I'm a better writer than this. So I can't, yeah. I, you know, yeah, it's like, it's one of those. You know, it's it's at the end of senior year. You can't go. God, I know so much more than I did. Well, yeah, that's because you just did it, you <laughs> yeah, dick. Point. But um, yeah, I remember I did that with everybody's stranger. I, I I like read the first two stories and I caught something in one of them, and I'm like, that's fucked up. And I'm like, fuck this. I just I'm gonna catch everything and I'm gonna I'm gonna hate that I put it out like that. Yeah. Well, I found one. Well, there's one typo that I knew I fucked up. 
right. that I was just, it wasn't, it was a homonym. Like I used a different, the like I used, um, oh, you know what I just found it the other day and now I forgot it again. It doesn't matter, but I used the, the wrong word for something and it was libel. Like I was supposed to say liable and I said libel. Oh yeah, I think I, yeah. So it was, yeah. you know, who gives a shit? It's not that big of a deal, but it, that, yeah. I found one that, um, as I was reading that there was one that I, I used C's instead of C, which, right. oh, that kills me. Cause it's, yeah. yeah, it's a typo, but it's, oh, it just, it just sticks out like a goddamn sore thumb of, ugh, like, oh, really? Like, cause it just sounds like a grammatically fucked the sentence up where it, yeah. it was just an extra S on accident. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I like to think that when I'm done with some of them, but even like the stupid kiss thing I wrote, I went back and reread it and, there was like a couple of things like fuck and like there's like something right there and I'm like that drove me nuts it was something with the at the end actually there was something he changed the editor changed at the end which kind of pissed me off the last sentence was like uh, about rock and roll I said nobody says it's dead anymore it just got old it got put in a museum and he wrote and it got put in a museum I didn't like it no no you're always much better that's yeah that's a uh, that was a bad decision on him poor, poor use of and um Sorry, yeah, but I mean, I know what you mean. No, no, that was, no, there's nothing to be sorry about. That's a valid thing to put there. I just, uh, just going to follow up on the, the problem with, that I'm running into and, and uh, you're going to run into and, I, and I'm not trying to say there's going to be a typo in your book, but I'm going to say there's going to be a typo oh, in your book. Yeah, of course. Like I was, I was literally, I'm reading, I'm rereading the Dune books right now and I found a typo and that was put in like 70 something. So whatever. But, um, the, uh, um, yeah, the, the problem with being kind of quote unquote self published is, I mean, theoretically, I could go on and put a new version of the book on Amazon. Now, yeah. I, it would probably fuck things up. I'd probably change the publication date and it would just be dirty. And it's not, not, you know, it just, it's not a good idea. It's not a proper idea. Like there's nothing good about it. But because I'm a person that's done drugs, likes gambling and has sure. never really kept a relationship for all that long, of course, it's a very tempting thing because, yeah, well, let's face it. Temptation is natural to me. I'm, I am born evil. Yeah, periphery 2.0. This time there's tits, but <laughs> see the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, periphery, much more obvious edition. Um, yeah, so the the temptations there. But what, you know, I was going to ask you about uh, what, who's this guy that was going to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Because I told you, I didn't read your article. I retweeted it. I didn't right. read your article because I fucking hate Kiss a lot, and oh, uh, yeah. I don't want to read about Kiss ever. I yeah. Um, I, I was funny because I say I hate Kiss in the article. Oh, okay. Um, oh, maybe I would. Maybe I should have read it then. <laughs> um. No, I, I, I kind of stick up for them because I just think, um, I think the whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing is kind of stupid. Well, wait, let me take one step back. Sorry. You said Jonathan, yeah. somebody was going to be in and then oh, didn't. Chad there was a, Channing. Uh, Chad Channing. Chad Nirvana on Bleach. Um, oh, that's why that name sounds familiar. Okay, sorry. All right, okay, yeah. 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 I they thought that was a Kiss mentioned. reference. Okay, gotcha. All right. Yeah, some, uh, there was a story going around a couple, like two weeks ago, that he was going to be nom- uh, abducted with them. And then... I guess KISS fans got all pissed off because there's been like eight me- or six members of KISS and only four of them are getting in. And there, there's six members who aren't getting in and only the original four are getting in. And I'm like, the whole fucking thing is so stupid. Who gives a shit? If your band's getting in, why wouldn't everybody just be in? Like, who cares? Who gives a shit who's, you know, if you're saying KISS is in, then KISS should be in. Everybody from KISS, if Nirvana's in, every- who gives a shit? Like, what the hell's the difference? Like, the, um... And then the point was like that the E Street Band, uh, Springsteen got inducted a couple of years ago, but they didn't induct the E Street Band because they were so. It's like, okay, what the fuck are these rules about? Yeah. It's a fucking thing you just made up. Like, who gives a shit? 
the whole thing's dumb. I like. I think the museum is cool. I've been to the museum in Cleveland. I thought it was great. They have like insane stuff I never thought I'd see in my life. They have like handwritten lyrics to "Hate Jude." There, it's you know, it's great. It's a great museum. It's it's cool, and it's a good idea. Uh, I don't know why they had to start turning it into like a popularity contest to see who gets in and who does. I mean, Kiss. I hate Kiss, but Kiss was popular. I mean, they were a giant fucking band. Everybody knows who Kiss is. So like, they didn't put them in for. 15 or 20 years or something because it's like why i mean just i don't know i i just think the whole thing of it is dumb yeah i uh, i tend to think it's dumb and i i, I also don't like the fact that, that they're going against kind of their own rules because i remember hearing that right. it's 25 years or whatever after the album is when you're yeah. allowed to go in so if you're gonna, so you induct the the band of that year. So all right, let's say they're inducting in '77 Kiss. I have no idea what their years are, but yeah. original lineup Kiss. Well, then like seven more years, you can you know you can make you know Cat Monster can can go in, and then you know yeah. whatever you know whatever twenty because like because there's a certain point where like if you look at like Van Halen, like that guy from like Foreigner sung for them. Like so if you're gonna induct Van Halen, yeah. you're not gonna induct the guy from Foreigner. So I could see why those two other dudes from Kiss might not uh get you know, like why they would why they'd be annoyed by it but like it, i just feel like it's just dumb like if you're gonna be like this look here here's here's uh kiss or nirvana whoever the fuck it is you know i mean like it's like here's kiss let's just say nirvana so it feels a little better to say yeah here's nirvana like first album came out in 1989 chad channing played on it jason everman allegedly didn't play on it but he was listed then he who cares Dave Grohl eventually joined the band, and that was kind of when they were a big deal. Uh, here's Nirvana. The first time came out 25 years ago. We're celebrating that they were a band, and here's everybody who played with them. Pat Smear can come out. Whoever played cello on that. Who gives a shit? Like, I don't understand why it's like a thing. It's like, yeah. it's so dumb. It's like, you know, we're celebrating Nirvana tonight. They came out 25 years ago, and everybody remembers what they did. And, you know, your dinners will be out soon. And then... <laughs> Everybody can, you know, Joe Perry and Dave Grohl and uh, Paul McCartney can jam on Smells Like Teen Spirit and you can go home by 1130 and be in bed by midnight. Like, I don't understand. Like, who gives a shit? Like, what? what's the big deal? They're going to put all this shit in the museum anyway. They're going to, so, like, you know, there's going to be copies, you know, Kiss touring with other people and Bruce with the E Street Band. The, the reason the E Street Band thing was uh, brought up was because uh, the E Street Band's getting in this year. But like, it's not like a real induction. It's like they're getting the musical excellence awards. It's like it's like so fucking retarded. Like I don't understand. Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't. Distinctions are you know? What I, mean? I don't understand that one at all. Cause like they they were like with him on the first album. Like they were a yeah, band before. They Bru played with like a hundred other people too. But I mean, they also just like if you look at the members of it, it I don't. It's just so. No, but I mean, like it was the E Street Band, and then Bruce joined them. Yeah. Like. Yeah. If anything, they're the, like no, he's he's they less deserving. Than, deal, yeah. yeah, that's that's absurd because yeah. they're a really good. Like I'm not a big Springsteen fan, but like for like that I era mean, of music, they were badass. He got yeah. I mean, if he doesn't have them as his band, he doesn't get to that first record, I would think, or at least not as soon as he did. So I don't know. I, well, if the I first record's the one I'm thinking mind. of, is is yeah, he doesn't get it because that first record's all like big fucking sound, isn't that? Greetings yeah, for Asbury. Sure. Is that the first one? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's like lots of horns, and no, that's not. 
Yeah, that, he would. It would have been I mean, him doing. Bringing out a bunch of studio musicians, and who the hell knows what that sounds like? No, but I mean, if it was just him, it'd be him doing fucking shitty Bob Dylan ripoffs. I mean, yeah. it's not like he was walking around knowing how to play fucking sousaphone or whatever the fuck those people play. Like he's some shitty guitar act that knows how to write a song. Like he's not. That's that's ridiculous. But anyway, yeah, I don't give a shit about the Hall of Fame as a as an institution. I just like when institutions follow their own rules. Like don't. Like, if you're going to do this, it's 25 years since rule, then then don't fuck around with it. You know, don't, you know, like, so... Well, they fucked around with it anyway, to be honest with you, because uh, when The Clash went in, and I mentioned this in the article, too, uh, Terry, uh, I want to say Terry Crews, but that's not his fucking name. It's uh, whatever. They're, the, the first drummer uh, got in when, two, when they got nominated, in two, when they went in in 2003. First drummer who played on the first Clash album and then quit, and wasn't there for any of the, like, even the tours and stuff after that. I mean, the first Clash album was kind of big, but uh, for London Calling and all that shit, he, was, he wasn't there for any of that, and he got in. They put him in them. So it's like, I don't get why you don't put Chani in, I don't get why, you know, like, it doesn't, there's no consistency with it, but I don't see why there has to be that much criteria to get in. It's like, if you're a fucking band, just put them in. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're a band that everybody knows, just put them in. Who cares? Yeah, I suppose, like, just the only reason I have any kind of and, 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 and not now, but previously I've cared about it was before they started inducting like hip hop acts and pop music. I mean, I guess right. they've always had pop music, but like, like, they, like, like isn't like Madonna in? Yeah, yeah. And, and like, there's like Run DMC or somebody like that's in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, I, yeah, Run DMC. Yeah. I was, I thought it might have been public enemy, but I think it's Run DMC. Yeah. And I think somebody even before that, like, um, um, the guy that the message or whatever, Curtis Blow. Oh, Curtis Blow. Yeah. Like, or, um, Fucking! Now I got the brakes stuck in my head. Um, Sugar Hill Gang. Yeah, that's the other one I was trying to think of. Yeah, so like, which I don't have a problem with like them being celebrated, but like, if you're doing a rock and roll Hall of Fame, having something that's in the tradition of rock and roll would seem to me to be like the fucking point of it. So when they start having other ones, I just kind of stopped caring because at first I was like, oh, this is cool. Like it's like a baseball Hall of Fame. It's like you got to be like really fucking good to get in. But baseball Hall of Fame is kind of fucking stupid. Well, like, you know, honestly, I don't know anything about the Baseball Hall of Fame. I just meant like it's I know a what you mean. It's, yeah. yeah, it's a way to get like, but it's not like the Baseball Hall of Fame is going to induct fucking Gretzky. Like it's yeah. it's that's <laughs> the, the first word right, is absolutely right. Yeah, but that's kind of the point. Like even I went like in 1998, and uh, they had like stuff from U2 Zoo Tour with the cars. They had those in the rafters. And then they had um, they had Nirvana stuff up, and they weren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So it's like if you're gonna have this shit anyway, oh yeah, it's like who cares then? Just fucking do it. Just make it a just make it like a really cool place to go see shit. And who cares who the fuck is in it? Like if you have you know Gene Simmons demon costume from some 1974 tour, fine. Like who gives a shit? Why do they have to be inducted into anything? Like you know, it's just it's just be a cool place to come see shit. And be like, hey, these guys are a band and. You know, check them out if you want to go. The whole induction thing, it just seems like a fucking reason to go have a dinner in the, you know, fucking Waldorf Astoria and then jam on uh, fucking 25-year-old radio hits with aging, you know, uh, rock stars. See, that's the part I like. Not that I like it. No, not musically, but I find it amusing to see, like, okay, with the rare exception of McCartney, because it seems like he's actually still having fun, which... I do have kind of a soft spot for like kind of old artists. No, no, like I like McCartney, like his new music. I couldn't give a shit about, but like, I like when like 
because he seems to be like, oh, that guy's actually still feels like he's creating art. I, that's yeah. cool to me. So, but for the most part, I like it as a minus the McCartney ones. I find it as a like a a train wreck kind of not train wreck because it's like bad. I, yeah. they're all good musicians, or whatever. But like on a like this is this is awkward. Like it's 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 like I, I don't even know how to word it. It's just like it's somewhere between a car crash and watching ugly people fuck. <laughs> Where it's like, it's like, it's, you know, like, not a car, yeah, no one got hurt in the car crash and the ugly people aren't that ugly. So it's like, I don't really have a need to watch this, but it's still like, I still kind of want to watch this. Like, it's just. I, even, you know, the other thing is they haven't even really had a good, like, awkward one in a while. Like, cause then it was Guns N' Roses last year, or was that two years ago? And like, he didn't even show up. And then like Van Halen didn't show Like, I would have liked to have seen that kind of stuff if they like had showed up. You know, it, like a really awkward, like playing like welcome to the jungle or something i hate guns and roses but i mean like just to see like how fucking weird that would have been when i mentioned that i'm actually more thinking of even though it's not what we're talking about but it's what we're talking about is super bowl where they do the weird mashups they always have like one person oh, come yeah, out yeah. and say you know which is very much the same concept as rock and hall of fame where they kind of slam together but uh yeah i always love that shit where it's just really awkward the um well, I, wait you don't like guns and roses what's that you don't like guns and roses i fucking hate guns really yeah, like, I like uh, a couple songs off Use Your Illusion 2. No shit. Wow, that surprises yeah. me. Yeah, I never really got into them. I, but, I, I, listen, that's not to say that I was into, you know, I mean, I was in the Metallica. No, that's why it surprises me. Like, it's, uh, I, if, I saw that tour. Oh, you saw the, the one with Faith No More? Yeah. Oh, no shit. I didn't get to see that. It was, um, it, it was to a giant stadium. And the second one, I went to the first one. The second one was the one where he, he like, freaked out and left. Because we threw a battery at him or something. Oh, yeah, I remember hearing about that. But, yeah, uh, and listen, I kind of almost, like, respect Guns N' Roses, like, in the, or him, I guess, in this weird way of, like, he's so fucking crazy that it's, like, I've never seen somebody, like, torture career. I mean, because they were huge. I mean, I'm not going to deny they were, like, they weren't the biggest band in the fucking world, and they could have wrote their own fucking ticket for another ten years. But uh, just him being so fucking pig-headed. First of all, like, starting riots in, like, four or five different towns was pretty much, like, the last, you know, that was a pretty crazy, like, you don't hear, nobody does that anymore, and, uh, but the, the, like, with him at that Chinese democracy record, just kind of like, now it's not done yet, it's not done. Yeah. It's like, it's like I, he almost kind of had to respect it, it was kind of like, that's some pretty serious fucking crazy. See, I did, I respected that quite a lot, not the actual music, but, and not him. But, I've heard it like once or twice throughout. I thought it was like, you know, whatever. But. I thought, it, I mean, I thought it was fine for like an old dude trying to like, it was just like, yeah, whatever. It's like that, that yeah. last, um, like that last Billy Idol record where it was all like cyber rock, where it was like, yeah, eh, whatever, you know, good, whatever. It's fine. You know, it's right, harmless. Yeah. But, um, him doing the Chinese democracy thing made me, uh, not respect, but it gave me a lot of sympathy for him. Cause I, I think as writers, I think you can probably see that too, where he got stuck in the loop of editing. Like we've both yeah. touched on this. And I don't know, the audience at home, if you're not writers, I don't know if you know the danger that you're, we look at is it's every time we're writing something it's never gonna be done, yeah. is the, the, the thing is there is this danger where it's one thought might go wrong and you get stuck in this causal loop where now you have to rewrite and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite. And it just, cause every rewrite now makes you question more and your confidence goes down a little bit. And then you start yeah. thinking, oh, maybe the last draft or maybe the one before that. And, oh, I need different people to read it. And that person takes three months. And then it's like three months later, then a year later, then four years later. And it's just, oh, like, as, the more I heard about that album, the more I was like, 
oh no, man, you got stuck. Like, I know that, like, I've never actually done it for a significant amount of time, but I'm like, oh, that's the fear. That's the, um, that's that fucking whatever, you know, when you stare into the void, the void, the void stares back, you know, it's, it's, oh no. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and he got rid of everybody in that fucking band who probably could have told him like, dude, we got to fucking put this thing out. (laughs) Yeah. The fucking record is done. I mean. So, you know, I mean, it was kind of amazing to watch somebody, uh, not watch, but I mean, you know, kind of like realize this guy's like just pretty much blowing his whole fucking career. Now listen, I mean, he could just tour around playing Appetite for Destruction for fucking the next 10 years and he'll still sell out, you know, at least arenas. So, except for like he's not going to have a career again, but I mean, Christ, who knows what they could have been if they would have been semi, if he was semi-sane. Yeah. Like I said, I don't even like them. I just think it's like an amazing, uh watching it yeah but that's i mean that's that ultimate kind of the artist struggle at least my perspective and it might be just because i'm a fucking broken brained idiot but like is if you turn down the nutty knob like the you know the the other stuff goes down you know it's like you know who knows what brian wilson would have written if he wasn't that close to you know like you know fucking three years absolutely you're right but you're 100 right and and influence wise too like you know, you go to the, the great example of it is like kind of influenced through psychosis is Sid Barrett from Floyd. You don't get wish you were here, which is like one of the best albums ever. If he yeah. didn't go nuts. No, he's not on that. He didn't play an instrument, didn't write a song, but it's written about him being, you know, fucking going over the edge and going completely loony. And yeah. you know, that's that artist thing of like, you know, that is that that's the great struggle. It's like, we're all kind of fucked, you know? Yeah. So who knows if there could have been, I mean, maybe I'm probably, you know, honestly, I'm giving too much credit to Axel because it's not like he was all like, he's not like a fucking genius. He was just a good rock act. But I, I can I see where. It's yeah. one of those rare things where somebody flames out, but they live. Yeah. You know I mean, like, usually when you flame out that bad, it's like you wind up being dead. You know, you die. <laughs> like, but he just didn't die. I mean, he fucking. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying, like, you know, I'm not saying that's good. <laughs> I mean, you know, that I'm saying, I'm, I don't mean like he should have died. I just mean that. Oh, no, I got it's It's, but like, you know, I mean, look at like Nirvana or fucking something like that. The, the, um, Doors or fucking Hendrix or whoever, but, uh, but if you wait a bit, like Ozzy, you know, Ozzy flamed out, went weird. Yeah. I mean, I guess he sold records in the 80s, but so it's not a great. Shit out, you know yeah, mean? yeah, that's never, like a, a dead period for that long. Yeah, like, you're right. I was thinking personality wise, but yeah, you're right. I forgot yeah, he was no, like. That was yeah. a good point, though. Ozzy was a fucking mess for a while. Yeah, because he completely Dylan. flamed out. and. Um, I was looking at some interesting Dylan thing about somebody put a tribute out, album out to Dylan in the 80s. And I was reading a pretty good article by a guy, Steve Hayden. And uh, he was talking about how Dylan, and, why would you put a tribute album out to Dylan in the 80s? it was pretty much everybody agrees it's just worse shit and then they don't even cover it like they just made they don't even like take any of the like shittiest songs like if you're gonna do it you must take the shittiest songs and try to make them better oh weird but uh you know like that was a pretty you know like Dylan kind of really had like a weird stretch there for a long time too where it seemed like he was kind of done yeah I mean I think Dylan's one of those ones that's uh yeah, I mean it's it's a yeah it's pretty much what we're talking about. But do you think he's got that extra level of that kind of um, like he's he's kind of like a functional retard. Yeah, like yeah. he's not. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, he, kinda... yeah he, he's got that madness in him, but it's not like the it's like a different form. It is like kind of that autistic side of the broken brain. You know, he's yeah. he's got a he's got a bit of that in him, and and yeah, so I can see where he could kind of get hooked on this you know that weird vibe for a bit. But I mean, I haven't, I haven't fucking, 
I don't really like the Dylan song and uh, I don't know that there's a Dylan song I like that's that was recorded before I was, after I was born you know it's and I like some of I like some of his albums quite a bit but it's after a while I like I just, it just like 90s 2000s stuff that was kind of I'm not super familiar with those because it's I should because his voice started to get back to where I like it because yeah. in the 80s he started to do that like that different kind of nasal where it was yeah well I think like you know part of that article was talking about it, I think it's true if you look at like any of those like rock and roll acts from uh, the 60s that were didn't really know what the hell to do in the 80s you know what I mean because it was like always kind of trying to push things a little bit stay modern a little bit and the next thing you know you're middle aged and yeah. you're trying to incorporate synthesizers and backup singers and that's where you, you know, know Rush raps, and you know there's there's a lot yeah, of the, and yeah. fucking Neil Young with trans and yeah, you know, uh, Stone just got a little weak in the middle. To there. go back a little bit in the conversation, I was made for loving you, baby. <laughs> you were made for yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they uh-huh. were essentially sellouts before they sold their first record, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, yeah, they I definitely did the musical so. change. <laughs> I haven't sung on the show in a while. I feel bad that was my choice because I think the last time I sung on the show was actually fucking uh, a, a Kiss song. No, it wasn't Kiss. It was, um, uh, do you remember what Peter Chris's solo song was? Beth? No, no. Back in the New York Groove. That's Ace. Ace. Yeah. I don't know them that well, but. You know why I know that? Because Jimmy. Jimmy Norton is literally, I know his, I know him <laughs> more than I know the actual version. Yeah, so I, I, I had it stuck I in my head. play that all the fucking time. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, yeah, that was fun. Uh, so, uh, audience, don't Jimmy Norton on the ONA show did a wonderful cover on YouTube, of yeah. Yeah, "Back in the York Groove." They put it to music, and it was I think Jim was playing drums, and he doesn't yeah, know how to play drums. Like, there must have been a kit in the studio. Oh, it's so fucking funny and terrible. Uh, it's so good. I mean, not good yeah. in any like yeah, good is the exact yeah. wrong as opposed to good. Um, so we have questions from the audience, Sean. Oh really? Unless you had anything else you wanted to ask me, because uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm yapped out. Yeah, I just realized that I, uh, I, I, when you get to the point that you start singing fucking um, Kiss yep. solo member uh, hits, then we must go to audience questions. Now these aren't, um, well, let's just face it; these questions kind of blow. But uh, the girl's nice, so I'm gonna ask questions of her. Uh, this is from Jars of Awesome Jars underscore of underscore Awesome. Um, she asked what, uh, so I asked what topics we should talk about and her topics are penguins, guys making out and gardening tips. So in that order, well, let's not go in that order. Let's start with guys making out your make out with a dude, Sean. No, yeah. Not yet. Yeah. I did in high school a few times, but mostly just to freak people out. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think. I, I now. Yeah. Never came up. That was, um, yeah, that's why I want to answer that one first. Cause Although I do have, like, that's the story, but there's no story. Like, literally the story is, yeah, it's it one of those things where it's like, it was kind of like drama club. Or it's like, uh, you just, oh, wow, this is something I'm doing with my face. There's, like, there's nothing to this other than facial, mo- like, this is uncomfortable right. talking, you know? I can't think of any time it ever came up. Yeah. Again, I did a lot of drugs in high school. Um, you got any gardening tips? Sure. If you're gonna uh, if you're gonna plant, make sure uh, if you have a deck to go at least four feet off the deck because sometimes uh, groundhogs and gophers will burrow under the deck and they will be hell on your plants. And uh, by keeping it a couple feet off of that, they can come and go as they please, and you can fence off around it without them getting in. Unless of course they go underneath it, but 
usually they won't. Oh yeah, you got to worry about that when the gophers go under. You know, you also got to worry. You got to you got to worry about the root systems going under. You, go, you get under you get under the uh, the, the cement there. It oh, causes all hell when you get to the frost. Um, See, that was, who was that? That was what North? That was like a Midwest. Yeah, farm. like a like a like a Fargo-y, um, uh Canadian. Um, uh, I don't know what the yeah that was somewhere in there. My gardening tip is this: um, when gardening for tips. Um, you want to make sure to do a lot of pizzazz, a lot of jazz hands. Make sure to leave your fedora whole side up so people can put money in the hat. And uh, remember that busking is illegal in most places, even whilst gardening. So if you see cops, skedaddle. See, what I did there is I turned the word tips into a, into a, you know, into a, the other word. Now, the, yeah, only one, the other one I actually probably could have something, penguins. You know anything about penguins, Sean? Yeah, they won the Stanley Cup in 2009, uh, and, yeah. and they, they can't fly. That's true, and 96-97 uh, with the power couple of uh, Mario Lemieux and... Oh, Jagger, right? Yeah, who yeah. is still playing hockey on the New Jersey Devils. Didn't they win one with uh, Crosby or no? Yeah, yeah, but that's like, that's like recent. I don't remember what years that was. Uh, that was um, yeah, what year did you say? I said like seven or eight, but it's probably like nine or ten. Um, yeah, you're probably somewhere around there. Fuck it. I mean, it's close enough. Yeah, you're. You we're, we're well in the time. I can remember it, and I can't remember much beyond 2004, 2004. Well, was last year was Detroit? Uh, no, last year was Chicago. It's Chicago. Sorry, that's I, I. Yeah, sorry, that's actually what I meant. I I just said the wrong fucking place. So the year before that was Boston. Or is there one between those? Because Boston won pretty I think, recently. I think you're right. I think Boston was. Uh, and then one of those. before that was. No, you know what? And LA won in there. Oh, LA that's right. It was point, yeah. Man. So last year was the Blackhawks. The year before that was LA. Before that was Boston. I think there's one between that and that. Yeah, so probably 2009, 2008 was was Penguins. Yeah, let's see here. Good I good recall on the Kings. I I yeah. My friend Micah is a big Kings fan, and I um. I would have Pittsburgh been annoyed. 2009, then it was the Blackhawks, which I actually remember watching that one too. Then the Boston, then Los Angeles, then the Blackhawks. Oh, okay, and so it was Blackhawks twice. Okay. Yeah. This year is going to be the New York Rangers, baby. Fucking bank on it. You think so? With the powerhouse of Martin San Luis. No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> just I'm a Rangers fan, and I just I fucking hate my team so much. Good, yeah. It's well, they did. I I I loathe this team for it, and fucking Glenn Say, their general manager, but. Um, the uh, captain of our team, uh, Ryan Callahan, who has been the heart and soul. He's like the gritty line player. Like he'll take shots at the face and play the next shift. Like OG, like the guy you rally around hockey player. Uh, but they traded him because he wanted more money and, and for like a 40 year old guy from uh, Tampa Bay. Well, that sounds like a, like a steal. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it was a money thing and fine. I'm sure it made sense, but you don't trade your fucking captain. Even if he was assistant captain, I don't. No, this has happened at the at the trade deadline. Oh wow! Um, and I'm fine with. I'd be fine with the trade if fucking Callahan was assistant captain. It's not like him as a player, but you don't trade your fucking captain because of money. Like that's, uh, that's that's fucking. That's I don't know. There's something really fundamentally wrong about that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's a million sports thing. But penguins, however, thing you can know Black about them penguins. is the way that they're tracked from. Uh, if you want to track penguin migration. Is you look at the shit spatter on the ice. Ew. 
because penguins shit with extreme violence and it shats out as like almost like a, a firework shape. So from looking above, you see this spray in like 15 different directions at all sides. Uh, this penguin feces, uh, literally firework shaped. So um, that's gross. That's pretty gross. Yeah, because, you know, obviously they're hard to... Stuff. What's that? Everybody thinks they're all cute and stuff, but... Well, yeah, but you find out that fucking one scientist or some kind of weird fika files that are staring at them from space, and then two... Shit. Yeah, it's it's explosive shit. And then <laughs> three, that'll teach her for not asking proper questions. <laughs> so, enjoy your fucking penguin pictures. Yeah, they're so cute. Shit boxes. <laughs> this episode penguin shit yes penguin shit with sean began you know what we forgot to do what's that um and it's, i blame myself because i got a little carried away while i was there um i was i was gonna call you a dean from new orleans oh yeah i forgot all about it. And dean's actually in new jersey right now yeah he's been he's been bouncing around uh back and forth I, uh, i've seen that um uh, yeah how, how was the uh, new orleans uh, it was good it was uh it was cold and it was raining and, uh, it gets cold there. Yeah, apparently when I'm in town. Wait, like how cold though? Like what? What are we talking about? Cold? Well, it was in the 40s. Okay, all right. So like, yeah, approaching on actual cold. Okay. And you get the breeze off the river, so it's pretty rotten. Now. Well, no, um, I just you know you got to figure like you're from fucking I don't actually I don't know what part of Jersey like how cold it gets actually, where you are, but uh, yeah, I mean it was freezing when I left. Well, that's what I mean. So I was, I was trying to figure it out, like. If you leave from 13 degrees and you land at, you know, wind chill of 38, it's actually kind of yeah. nice, you know, so you never, exactly. yeah. Well, yeah. we got there, it was like 80 degrees, and then uh, the next day it got cold. The problem was I didn't bring, like, winter stuff, you know, like, cold stuff, because I figured I brought, like, sweat a couple sweatshirts and stuff, so it was, like, freezing my ass off. Yeah. No, I understand. Essentially, if you go somewhere where, like, everybody's black, it's going to be warm. It's the way it works. <laughs> That's I, exactly what I was saying. Yeah, uh, I uh, not not to try to like defend my racism, but my my friend Mike was the one that taught me that black guy Mike. Um, that's not his nickname. It's just when I said my friend Mike, I think referencing his skin sure, color yeah. was was it, well because it's important to the story because if just some white guy named Mike said this, it's just there's two races. But he just made it a point. He's like he's like man, no, we're just we're just warm weather creatures. Just look where we live. Like it's either a big ass city or where it's warm. And it's like, you know, you make a really good point. That's true. Yeah, it was, uh, and apparently it was warm again. The day we left, it was kind of warm. I had this really horrible idea of trying to take uh, Percocets because the bar, uh, I don't know if you know this, apparently the bar at Newark Airport, all the bars are closed on Sunday morning until noon. Oh. Because of religious stuff, I guess. And I shit you not, my flight left at 11.59. So I was like waiting to see if we were boarding late, and I was like waiting for the bar to open to try to get a couple shots to do real quick. It just didn't happen, so I popped a couple of oxycodines, and I felt like very nice and high. And then as soon as the plane took off, I was like twitching like a maniac the whole time. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was really? funny because I called uh, Doctor Steve's show, uh, you know, on ONA channel. Yeah, yeah, fluids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He does weird medicine. He does, uh, you know, and I felt like that was kind of a good thing to ask him the night before I called. I left him a message, and as soon as I landed in New Orleans, I got a text from him. He says, "I wouldn't." bother doing uh oxycodines he's like it's probably just gonna make you more nervous and i'm like well that's funny you should mention that i just landed and it did oh no shit yeah so and so he sent me like some like because i don't like to fly i'm not a good flyer and uh he sent me some like uh site with 10 tips 
like how to deal with it. And it kind of helped on the way back. And plus I got really drunk on the way back. So that helped too. Yeah. That is uh that's my technique is uh, I don't like flying yeah. myself. So I, I make sure to either be completely out of my fucking head, uh, t- tired. Like I just won't sleep the night before. Yeah. Or if it's one of those night flights, I will just, I'll just try to drink myself into a place where I can not flip the fuck out. Cause I, I don't do well. Better at night. I don't know why. Maybe because you could see the ground a little better. Like, I don't like, when you get into like the, you know, like when you can't see the ground because the clouds, that kind of, during the day, I mean, that kind of freaks me out, I think. Oh, see, I'm not that, I'm actually not that bad once the, like, the fly bed happens. It's the taking right. off and the landing. Yeah, cause, uh, the taking off I hate cause that feeling of acceleration, all I think is, yeah. is just the, the many ways we're gonna start spinning now and just, just yeah. shatter into exactly. a million pieces. And then, um, and then the landing is, it's not even that I'm afraid of crashing. Right. The landing is, I'm, I'm so anticipating the feeling of the, the, uh, the wheels hitting the ground that it makes me nervous. Uh, yeah. Like I'm not, I don't See, think. That's funny yeah. because I, no, go ahead. No, no, I, you're, I was just going to ramble more. Please, your turn. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, I usually like land. Uh, but yeah, I know what you mean by the, the wheels hitting the ground. For some reason, we had a really terrible landing. And in New Orleans, I mean, like terrible. It was it was fine, but it was really bumpy. And I don't know if you ever flown there. It's like there's like this. I guess it's the Mississippi, like or there's some body of water. I'm assuming it's the Mississippi, um, right before the airport. So that's all you don't even see like any kind of signs of the airport or a city or anything. And next thing you know, it's like there's just water, and it's like we're like almost on the ground, and then you hit the. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like. At least when you're coming into Newark a little bit, it's kind of like, all right, well, you know where you are. Yeah. Well, there's a one airport uh, in New York that's got, you take off, like, essentially into the ocean. Oh, yeah, JFK. Bro. Yeah. I still call it Idlewild. I've never I've never taken off from there. That would probably freak the shit out of me. Uh, yeah, I think I've taken off from there once, or I watched a video of it. Right. Because um, my memory of taking off is so long ago, it may have been I just saw something about it. But either way, right. the, the idea is, like, terrifying, and I have a memory of what it looks like, so... It, you know, functionally, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because the day we came back uh, was the day that it's not funny, I guess, but uh, that that plane went missing. Oh, that is funny. There's like 300 people well, dead. It's well, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Yo, the, the, mean, no, no, no. The best part of that, there was babies on board. <laughs> You're not going to get a life out of this. <laughs> Good one, Sean. Uh, uh, <laughs> I hate to go for the easy targets. Yeah, but we were sitting at the bar, like watching the news all day. And somehow that never came on, luckily. So, because I would, I don't know that I would have been too anxious, easier to get on. Yeah, it's I like think these things can go missing. Yeah, I think that would that would kind of freak me out a little bit too. Uh-huh. Watching, yeah, that's what my friends was telling me. They they were one of those classic horror stories. They were on a flight and uh, it was either the in-flight. I don't think it was the in-flight movie. They can't have been that stupid. But it, or, you know, it's probably one of those back of the seat things. But they're playing one of those movies with a severe plane crash scene in it. You know, oh, like a alive or something like that. Like one of those like really like or, or you know what it was? It was that one where um I think it was called a hero. Oh. What- Hero. It's with, oh yeah, with Dustin Hoffman. With Dustin yeah. Hoffman, yeah. Uh, yeah. where there's like a horrible plane crash and he's gonna pull somebody for, you know, so, so, yeah, I forget who it was. One of my friends was telling me that they were watching that on a plane and, uh, his, his, uh, his response was not actually being freaked out. He was just so ridiculously amused that this is something that could happen in the world that he can, you know, yeah. you couldn't get to the actual freaking out part because it's, why the, what the fuck are you playing this? We're on, we're on the thing that's on fire on TV. <laughs> you, you fucking idiots. Yeah, at some point you gotta, uh, you gotta just appreciate the absurdity of it, I guess. 
Yeah. Uh, um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I would, but I guess at some point. Yeah. I just, I pulled back from a horrible, horrible, uh, uh, joke there of, of well i mean gonna say it now uh, i was gonna say oh yeah like in uh november 2001 where they kept playing uh back to back the towering inferno oh god <laughs> what a loop yeah just yeah because uh, i got issues i always like when you say and not you just in general like i was gonna tell a really horrible joke there and like by somehow saying that you withheld it from when it would have been timed well just to mortify people but then letting, bracing them for it, yeah, and then telling them anyway is somehow more noble. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I I appreciate your thought there, but it's actually quite the opposite for me. Is I'm actually trying to make them pay more attention. It's completely opposite. <laughs> what I'm doing is stopping, going, "Hey, really pay attention because it's something horrible." So you're going to get all of this; it'll sink in. But it's under the guise of nobility. It's actually usually they'll they'll make you say it. They'll be like, well, "What? What were you going to say?" Yeah, it's like, "All right, what well, you asked for?" So the idea is, that, yeah, yeah, it's kind of it. It's it's one of those you know like dead baby joke things where if you're telling all sequence of them and they stop losing their you know their poignancy yeah, exactly. but if you're like you know if you're at like a survivor of sids meeting and tell one it's uh-huh. it's a fucking you know it's it, it'll pa- carry more of a punch yeah especially if you open with it yeah well i find i find opening with with a sudden infant death syndrome is i i think you have to open a little bit like start with your miscarriage chunk and right. chunks and then move in to the to the sids joke you know kind of do it in do it in you know growth order I guess that makes sense. You're like, you know, ascending pyramid of death. Yeah, an ascending pyramid of death. It's like Teotihuacan. <laughs> all, all hail Quetzalcoatl, the the plumed serpent that we worship and play a weird game where we hit balls with our thighs. I'm always gonna. I'm always. Uh, after I do these, I always feel like I'm gonna get an email from somebody. No, I, no one I listens. Never remember if I say anything terrible on here. Well, I've learned from my audience is one, they don't exist. And two, right. the few times they write me, um, I mean, I get, I get a good amount of correspondence. Not a good amount, but I get, you know, I get a, a, a steady trickle. And, um, the few times they're annoyed with me, the people right. that write in have such poor ability to construct sentences and send emails that it's not really something I'm concerned with. You know, it's this kind of yeah. like, that stereotypical YouTube commenter where it's just, just everything's in capitals or, you know, except for like one random letter in the middle of the word. So, you know, they're holding the shift key down instead of caps lock, you know, it's those kind of things where it's, you don't really, you're like, Oh man, I'm concerned. I offended people. You're, you're more like, yeah, you're the type. I really don't mind offending. (laughs) I'm not worried about offending anyone. I just, I mean, I, you know, I just, I always tend to forget what I say on the air. Like even with the radio show sometimes, I remember I've had like people call up the next the show after and be like, "You said something about the turtles." Like I didn't like I I, I shit talked some band one and it wasn't the turtles actually I can't remember who it was. Like how could you not like the uh, I don't remember who the fuck it was. Maybe it was Kiss. <laughs> and it was like you know who cares dude like you're calling me on this. Like, I don't know. Yeah no I I I certainly understand. Uh, there's the the common thing in my life is. So my friends know me. You're one of my friends. I have like a pretty good memory. Like I know some stuff, but I don't remember a fucking thing that's happened on this show. So when people reference old episodes to me, it's not like, I mean, I do quite like it, 
it's just they always go there's always this process of them being surprised that i don't remember yeah like every show yeah and it's like i will eventually sort of put it together if like there's a guest or whatever and i like it because like oh cool people are listening to the old episodes you know that's that makes me happy but the the the, the, there's just this constant you really don't remember huh it's like no i i this is i think this is episode 151 we're doing right now i i I can't i can't remember them and to be fair i forget most of them afterwards so this conversation just because we're referencing it i will remember it but um this is one of those ones are three months later someone's gonna go you know you went from a 9-11 joke to a fucking sids joke within 37 seconds and I'll go, oh, did I? That doesn't sound like me. I don't really. I would do that. No, of course. I mean, I guess I know I would, but it's one of those things where it's like, oh, that yeah. sounds that sounds a lot worse when I'm distanced from it. I'm going to pack it in tight so that, you know, it's the, uh, you get all the offensive stuff out at once. Then we go back on the other stuff. Yeah. Um. Oh, I actually yes. did. I, I heard a good joke, though. You want to hear it? I haven't heard a good street sure. joke in forever. This was actually on that QI show, but they're doing like dumb, you know, street jokes for a second. So uh, how many, uh, how many, um, um. Wait, 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 hold on. It's going to take me a second because I, 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 okay, yeah. How many Freudians does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? One to hold the ladder and one to screw in the father. Cock! Fuck! Light bulb! <laughs> I like that joke. That was good. You told it very well, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, I don't know what, like, that just tickles me. Um, though I was trying to figure out if you should say cock first, but I thought father first would be better. No, yeah, I think father was yeah. better first. I always get, you know, I get concerned with, uh, word. Yeah, I have issues. The, um, this, I tried to describe this to someone when we were talking about writing. I was trying to describe to them, uh, the amount of time I spend writing emails and tweets where I try to figure out what order is best to make a joke work. Like, and just reordering right. the words where it's, it's the exact same joke, but it's like, all right, well, what if I kind of put half of the thing here and then do, I'll, all right, I'll do a comma. And then at the end, it'll be, you know, the Pope. But it's like, no, wait, wait, I could do it this way. And it's, the point is like, it wasn't funny to begin with. It was just, I was just being stupid and making a dumb pun. But in the end, I've now spent 20 minutes restructuring a fucking tweet that like eight people will read. Yeah, I know. I used to do that. I used to spend a lot of time on tweets. And I kind of realized like like you or my friend Pete are probably going to maybe favor it if it's anything good. And that's it. That's the best I'm going to get ahead of this. So it's like, you know what? I, haven't, I don't think I've tweeted anything in a while. Uh, you Such tweeted, yeah, your, your kiss, uh, uh, article. Yeah, I haven't had any good nonsense lately. On Facebook, I'm almost like a ghost on. Yeah, I, I tweet on Facebook a lot because I don't really have a, like, a social life that much outside of, of the internet. The people that are ignoring me when I tweet or Facebook, like, infrequently, they're right. still ignoring me when I do it a lot. So, I feel like it's a win-win situation because like I was annoying them if I tweeted twice a day. So if I'm going to tweet, you know, 40 times a day, yeah, I'm just going to annoy the same people. So fuck them. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what they say about me. They say, Alex, you know, the number one description of him, he's a man that makes sense. <laughs> the Alex cast, a show about sense. Yes. The Alex cast. Everything is always logical. It goes in A to B order and, uh, and it never takes a left turn out of nowhere and then randomly starts talking about occultism and then claims that he believes in science. <laughs> well, time is a flat circle. Time is a flat... Did you see that um, Patton Oswald spoof of that? Yes, yeah. I did. Uh, I, yes, I found it quite amusing. Uh, people at home, if you like the... So, wait, wait, what did you think about the end of that show? I meant to ask oh, you before. I, I was fine with it. I like. 
I actually think I thought McConaughey. Well, I mean, I guess if we're already in the spoiler thing here. I kind of figured McConaughey would die, but I thought it would have been a little corny if it was just like, well, like, I'm a man, and then he dies, <laughs> like, you know, or whatever. But uh, I, I was fine with it. I actually thought it was kind of well done. Yeah, and I was actually afraid. Stuck with each other at the end. Yeah, I was afraid he was going to die. Like, I, I'm really glad they didn't do that because I was that same concern was for me of like the trying to make it poignant by one of them dying. Yeah, I I was kind of uh, resigned to the. I figured he was dead. I never thought he actually had killed them. Like, I never thought you know there was like a theory going around for a while that he was the murderer, and I never really bought into that. The only the furthest I would have went with it was that he set up the crime scene for the first one they found because he had already been investigating it. And this is why I say, like, it really, I think, benefited from, like, having to wait each week because people just started really looking into shit about it instead of, like, binge-watching it where you're just kind of... I think you'd probably appreciate that it was more direct binge-watching it. But instead of having that week in between, I think really made people kind of go fucking crazy. Yeah. Theories with it, but uh. No, that was fun. I liked. I liked when people. I, I mean, I enjoyed reading their theories. You know, right. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed doing it on a weekly basis. Like, I caught up about three episodes in, so I was there for like most of it, watching you know episodically, which was the rare yeah. times that I you know I I join in to the group thing. But I thought all the theories were. The only one that I thought was possible was fucking was Marty was the killer, because you know he's from there. He's got the accent. Yeah. You know, the whole point is that it's some good old boy network. And I, yeah. and that's the only one that wouldn't have really annoyed me of the, I didn't think there was going to be a swerve, but a lot of people were expecting it. But if there was going to be a yeah. swerve, that wouldn't have bothered me that much. Cause it's like, that actually would make sense. It would explain why his daughter was drawing that shit. Like it would actually like, yeah. it would fit the narrative and it wouldn't, you know, but as far as being faithful in the narrative, the way it should have ended is some fucking fat incest dude fucking his sister speaking in an English accent. Like that's, that's By the, the way that was fucking brilliantly terrifying. Yeah. Really good. James Mason or whatever the fuck he was doing impression. And I was like, this is legitimately fucking creepy. Yeah, that was. And that's flowers on me or something. Whatever the fuck she said. It was like, oh, my yeah. God. Oh, it was so yeah, that was kind of perfect. It was the just disgustingness of it. It's just like it, it's it's uh, a yeah. like a um, like a, a Buffalo Bill. And it, it yeah. sounds like this kind of just it, it's it's not sexy. It's like he thinks he's sexy, but if you look, it's like it's just this fucked up kind of retarded dude, and he's like it's just gross, you know. And, uh, uh, I thought that was I thought that was a really good like kind of natural storytelling end to an episode. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Do you watch Boardwalk Empire at all? No, I haven't watched the second of it. All right, because uh, the guy who played the killer is on Boardwalk Empire too, and he's this bootlegger guy. He talks about himself in the third person. It's pretty funny. Oh, really? Him. Yeah, it made me laugh. Like I kind of when I it took me man, like I know that guy from somewhere. I couldn't place it. And then I kind of fucking I'm like, oh my god, that's that fucking guy who talks about it. It was like George. He called, I can't remember his last name is. He calls himself by his last name in third person. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I was like when that show. Like I was, I watched in maybe two episodes of that show Monk with um the dude that was on oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um and Buffalo Bill is on that show. Whatever the actor's name is. Yeah, he's like. Yeah, yeah, and I was watching it, and I'm just kind of looking at the dude, and I'm like, he looks somewhat familiar. Staring at him somewhere, I'm like, I'm gonna look this up, and I'm yeah, like, that what the fuck? Good. That's him? It was like, it was so weird. And then the rest of that show, I mean, it's not like I saw many episodes of Monk, like you know, maybe two or three, but uh, 
anytime that dude showed up, I was like, oh, fuck it. Oh, that's so, like, it, it just changed the entire show for me because it's, oh, he goes home and dances yeah. to Goodbye Horses. Yeah, well, he was in Heat, too. He played, like, almost the same role in that, with the, uh, as, like, the cop, the mustache, kind of like, you know. I was like, I, that's kind of where I first caught him. Like, I know that guy from somewhere. Where the hell is that guy from? And yeah. Like, Jeez, he got you old know, and that mustache. That's one of those ones on the list of the weird things. I've actually never seen Heat. Really? Yeah, it's one of those, you know, those weird lists of, like, those random movies that everybody's fucking seen. Yeah, yeah sure. Just he, yeah, Heat's one of those weird ones where it's, like, I know of the movie. I've probably seen little bits of it. I, you know, I know kind of what the filming looks like. I just, yeah. for some reason, I've just never actually seen the entire movie or any of it. Yeah. Three hours, dude. It's, it's, a, it's an How oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. 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 I've never seen Jurassic Park or Jurassic Park 2, so. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, I'm really serious. I, not for any reason other huh. than I just never saw it. Like, it wasn't like I was like. I don't know how it happened. I just never wound up seeing it. Yeah, that's surprising to me. Not not that it's like, oh, you would love this movie, but just the age that you are, that we are, I would yeah, I would have found it hard to not... Yeah. The second one, I could easily see missing. In fact, I, I remember so little of it, I'm not sure if I ever actually watched the whole thing, but the first one was such a giant fucking thing. Like, it was a everywhere yeah. that year it came out. It just it seemed like one of those really difficult to avoid... I like, saw Last Action I saw Last, Last Action, Action Hero. I saw in the movies, same summer. Somehow I missed Jurassic Park. Actually, I think I saw that in the theater, too. <laughs> Fucking Last Action Hero. I kind of like Last Action Hero. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't dislike it, but I really was hoping the end, it turned, he shows up in Purple Rose of Cairo and kills Woody Allen. That would have been cool. Yeah, because it's kind of the same movie, <laughs> you know, premise-wise. Yeah, pretty much is the same. I, uh, yeah, I don't I would I wouldn't be surprised if that's how like Shane Black originally wanted to uh, end it. Wait, that Shane Black directed that? He wrote he's the he wrote some of it and then he quit. Oh no shit! I didn't know that. Huh? Yeah. Wow, the things you learn when you talk to Sean Bian. Exactly. I'm a well of useless information. It's not. It's not useless. It's very useful if you're ever on a fucking weird ass show that you know, finds things like that interesting, which you, which you found yourself on. So this is, this is the interesting end of it. Um, yeah, I was going to tell you, yeah, let's end the shit. But, uh, so Sean, uh, we, you are bleak 07 on Twitter. Yes. And you can be found at what's the vinyl district. What's their website? Uh, the vinyl district.com. And I'm on the Asbury park section, which is the first section on the right. To the vinyldistrict.com and the Asbury Park section. Now, people in the rest of the world, uh, and by the rest of the world, I mean where I'm talking from, Asbury Park is in New Jersey. You've seen it in films. That's where you're afraid to go. It's better now. Um, oh, yeah. It's all going to be condos in about six months. Yeah. And if you ever saw that weirdo kind of Alfred E. Newman face in any movie about the Jersey Shore, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Um, and do you have, do you still do like a tumblery thing or anything like that? Um... I got the Tumblr. I mean, I haven't really. I got there's a book on Tumblr that I did last year. Oh yeah, why don't we? Why don't we? Tell me about that. Plug that. Plug that. Uh, Tumblr.com uh, backspace uh, things coming down, which is I posted a chapter at a time. Uh, it's it's a I don't know. It's kind of high school kind of book, but it kind of gets weird at the end. Um, it's broken down by chapter, and my friend Madeline did some pictures for it, uh, for each chapter, so, you know, if you're looking for something to 
kill some time. The table of contents is still fucked up for some reason, even though I thought I fixed it a hundred times. Well, uh, but yeah, it's on there. 16th chapter is pretty short. That's good. Um, I I don't like this whole table of contents thing. I'm a little <laughs> hesitant. I'm a little hesitant to uh, to even plug it now because I'm a man that likes table of contents. I love a table of contents. I thought this was all taken care of. Disgusting. Uh, I I don't give a shit about that. Uh, it's, uh, no, that's it is useful too. When people complain about that stuff, like I do understand it, but like I've read a lot of books uh, and comic books type things online in that way. And what I do is just bookmark it on the page I'm on. Because yeah, because like I'm a reasonable person. Like I don't want to sit there and write an email to someone to fucking tell them to fix something where I could just like do it the other way. You know. Yeah. No, yeah, like just like oh, there, I'll do it that way, and then then we're good. <laughs> Everything's perfect. Everything will be fine. So, Sean, thank you for joining me on no the problem. Alex thank cast, you. and you have a delightful oh, evening with you yeah, and yourself. Pop a bunch of Benadryl and hopefully fall asleep for eight or ten hours. Damn right, pop some Bennies and fucking have some fun. All right, man. All right, have a delightful Thanks. evening. You too. <laughs> Bye. Hey guys, it's Alex. I'm back for a second before I'm back for a few more minutes. Uh, before I spoke to Sean about all the things you just heard us speak about, we talked about wrestling. That's right, wrestling. WWE style. Uh, it was weird, and it didn't work with the edit to get the intro in, and then we spoke about it at the end of the episode anyway. So what I did was cut all those together, and then threw it at the end of the file uh, here. Because this way... I know a lot of people fucking hate wrestling a lot. You don't have to listen to it. It's, yeah, I'll see you next episode. If you like wrestling, you can listen to it. Or if you don't really give a shit either way, you just listen to people yap about some other topic, you know, it just happens to be wrestling. There's, you know, that's a choice too. I'm not going to look down on you either way. You know why? Because I'm the type of fella that, uh, I accept everybody. I accept all my space brothers and sisters. We're just one cosmic surfboard, just riding that wave from the Big Bang. Yeah. I'm, uh... I'm not even high. I just, I just say stupid shit in a microphone. But thankfully, well, thankfully, people like you are around and you're lovely. Well, thank you very much, Dollface. Listen to this. Okay. So the reason I didn't respond to the, the, the John Cena, you can't see me is this. I went, what's the name of his finishing move? And then I went self high five. I'm like, no, that was Diamond Dallas Page. And then I went, wait, who's the guy that used to pat himself on the back? I'm like, that's Barry Horowitz. What the hell is the thing where he punches you in the face and he goes, you can't see me. And at that point, it had been like a solid two seconds of of nothing. So I had no way to respond to the John Cena joke because I couldn't think of the name of his thing and then thought about Diamond Dallas Page and Barry Horowitz, two people who are exponentially less well-known than the probably current champ or at least, you know, top headliner guy. Is he the champ? Now, who's the champ? Orton, right? I, yeah, Orton's the term, I think. I'm I'm reasonably certain you're right. I know that it's uh, Orton, uh, um, uh, Batista, and Cena are the the fight for the belt in the WrestleMania. I, I thought they put Daniel Bryan in it. Wait, wait, wait no, you're right. Wait, no, it's who the hell? No, that's it. Yeah, it's not Cena. It's it's Batista and and Orton, and then the winner of Triple H, um, Daniel Bryan. Bryan. Like how I'm acting, like I don't really know, but I kind of know. Uh, I'm trying to maintain like a little bit of dignity here. I know exactly who. It is. Here's the thing: is I normally do that, but in this case, I I really have found the past about 
three or four Monday Night Raws almost unfucking watchable. Uh, I've, I haven't watched. I haven't watched any of the Raws since uh, Punk left. They have been on on a level of shitty that I haven't seen in years. It's really fucking bad. So I um. Oh Jesus, that made more noise than I expected it to. Um, no. Oh. No, yeah, that was uh, that was weird. It made a lot more noise than I thought. Um, no, I've been watching it. It's just really bad. Not even watching. Like I just fast forward through. But uh, it's oh, it's it's a fucking it's a tough thing to sit through. Because uh, it's yeah. Well, it, it kind of. I mean, I and I listen. I don't know if you want to talk about this, but I don't. <clears throat> the network. I've been sick the last couple of days, and I got the network, and it kind of reminds you of like. Even though some of the matches were shit, like the older matches, like they made it seem like cooler with the announcing and everything. I don't know. It just it's. I think the new stuff kind of suffers by comparison. Yeah, I um, I can't really watch repeats of wrestling. Well, I like watching some of the old stuff, like I never saw before, because there was a good stretch where I wasn't into it for like, I don't know, five or six years, like like the. WrestleManias from like ten years ago or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I suppose I, I could. I suppose I could watch some of that. It's just, it's, I, I kind of like wrestling for like the storyline aspect. So unless it's unless watching it in in kind of context. Yeah, I know. It's like if you just pick up a pay per view randomly. Yeah. Yeah, and then know, yeah. and then the other side of it is, uh, I know, and and I don't think they. Well, maybe they do do it this way, but if they if I had the ability to watch like in order the raws and and um nitros from the attitude era you know during the time of like the great monday night war uh, right. i would watch them in order and like it just <laughs> it would the, the next thing i know I'll, I'll look up and go man my apartment smells a little weird and it's two and a half years later like i know i know this to be a thing that can happen to me so i i, I can't i can't open that door gonna have some of that so i don't know if they're gonna have every single one but um, I know they got like a lot of those round table things where they got a bunch of older guys sitting around talking about like worse gimmicks and stuff like that. Some of that stuff's kind of fun. Yeah. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind watching that, but yeah, I don't know. It's a little, it it's you... great when you're sick. It's uh if you're just sick and on the, ca- you know, like on out of commission and need something to watch at five o'clock in the morning while you're hating yourself in life, it's uh it's something to watch. Fuck yeah. Uh, so, uh, we are there. Okay. Um, oh, there's no way to do that, is there? Uh, do what? Nothing. I was gonna, um, I was gonna do something. Okay. Who is gonna win, uh, the WWE belt at WrestleMania? Oh, somebody, uh, I think Daniel Bryan has to win it. Okay. You're going with Bryan. All right. Who is going to win the Andre the Giant Invitational? First annual battle royal. Um, I think they're gonna find some stupid way for Hogan to win it, or Rob Van Dam, probably Hogan. Okay, you're going Hogan, RVD. I'm going Cesaro. I think Cesaro should win it. Yeah, because I think I think he's got like a he's got a bit of a push going, and then uh, I actually like him, yeah. um, Cena versus Hillbilly Rapist guy. He's got to win. Hillbilly Rapist. Yeah. Okay. Uh, There's no point in doing it. What's what? Wyatt family. Wyatt. Yeah. Wyatt. He's good yeah. too. He's actually really good. Um, I like his promos a lot. Uh, he's he's uh, yeah. he's good on the mic. The the other two guys, I'm not 
particularly won over by. They all just seem like they're they're yeah, like yeah. just destined to fucking be in they the mid card. Yeah, they're just kind of like, oh, look at the mid carders back there. I mean, you know, it could be wrong. I've certainly been wrong before. Um, I remember when I saw young yeah. Mark Calloway, and I was like, yeah, he's never going anywhere. <laughs> oh wait, no, sorry, I'm confusing myself look with Eric Bischoff. What do you say? Who? Uh, somebody actually asking you this, sir? Oh no. Um, Are you checking the card? No. Um, I I I was I just wanted to write it down because we talked about it in the beginning of the show, and I thought it'd be a good way to bookend it. Because then I got I got Undertaker, Daniel Bryan, in both matches. Uh, uh, Wyatt. I guess the Shield would probably go over on the Outlaws and Kane. Unless they're breaking them up. And I, I don't know, I got this weird feeling like Hogan's going to somehow get involved in the Royal Rumble on that Battle Royal. Ugh. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I'm going to agree I with... I don't even know what the other matches are. Yeah, fuck it. I actually forgot about the the um, the um one of the other ones you said. I forgot Undertaker was wrestling. Um, I'm going with uh, Screwjob finish of Triple H Brian. Um Maybe McMahon shows up, and then we have a fatal four-way for the belt. Bryant wins it. That would be fine too. Uh, I mean, I, that's that's my guess, and they'll probably win it by some kind of shenanigans, and then that'll that'll lead into the next. Um, I feel like thing. they've already let it go too long. Like I'm over it already at this point. Like I get that if I thought the whole plan was to build it to WrestleMania, it would have been fine. But that wasn't the plan. They could, obviously were going to put it on Batista. And now that nobody wants that at all, I, I guess they're trying to reshuffle it a little bit. But they, if they don't give it to Brian at this point, it's like beyond stupid. Yeah, and here's a, here's a fun um, thought on this. Batista coming back, least impressive. No, fuck it. I'll be worst, worst comeback ever of, of someone that was like supposed to come back to huge applause. Um, it's got to be up there. I mean, I can't even think of who else. Because that was a, I mean, talk about no one giving a fuck. It was so bad. And it was so bad because you knew what they were going to do. And then they actually, like, you knew where it was headed. And they're like, well, they can't do that. And they did it. And then Punk left. And then it was just, it was just a disaster. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. But what are you going to do? Thankfully, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy is going to come back, and it'll probably have a Fatal Four with Scooby Doo and Rocket Raccoon. That would be amazing. Uh, it'd be good. Oh, I, I don't know if you know why I just said that. Um, Scooby Doo uh, was the host of Raw last week. Who was? Scooby Doo. How the fuck did they do that? He came out with uh, Mystico, uh, whatever his name is in the W. It's uh, Inkara, um, right. a big guy in a Scooby Doo suit. And I think that's all he did. I was fast-forwarding at the time, but he was the special guest host. Sounds terrific. Oh, yeah. wasn't Arnold there, too, at some point? Was that oh, this week or this maybe the, week? Maybe they were both. No, no, I think I these are two different weeks. Yeah, because it was Arnold. That was actually the lowest point in my life uh, was that episode. No, because listen to what I said in my brain. And I, I'm not kidding. I, I was as close as I've ever been to killing myself. So I'm watching the segment, and it's um, it's uh, Joe Montello. Uh, trust me, I'll explain who that is in a second. Oh, I know who that is. Yeah, um, uh, Arnold and, uh, and, um, who's the other person? Hogan. Hogan, thank you. Um, I get, once I said Arnold, I'm like, some other old guy, like I was already in Oldville. So I'm watching and I go, uh, so I'm watching professional wrestling and you go, oh, that's the werewolf from True Blood. Yeah. I've never felt lower in my life. 
No, I don't know. <laughs> but I just said that. I'm watching. I'm 30 fucking three years old. I'm watching professional wrestling, and I know the guy from True Blood. From True Blood. Uh, There's. I, why am I still alive? Why is this? Someone kill me. Someone make this stop. I think of you. a lot of fringe pop culture in one ring. But the thing, I don't even watch that much TV. Like, I don't, it's, my my choices in television, I, I honestly, I try to watch like the really good ones, the, the Breaking Bads and things like that. But for right. some reason, every now and again, just like one of those like shitbox shows will slip in and True Blood's one of them. And I was like, oh, this is, oh no. You can't block them all. Yeah. Goalies can't block everything. Oh, you know what we should have said before, and we missed it. But we go when oh. Hogan. Oh, Hogan's back in the ring. You know why? Because time is a squared circle. <laughs> ah, right there. Beautiful. Damn it. <laughs>